The Knicks are over 500, and it has not felt this good in so long. This late in the season, last time the Knicks were 500, 2013. That feels like forever ago. We'll dive into the fourth-seeded Knickerbockers, what's been the key to their success, and we'll look ahead to the All-Star break, headlined by Julius Randle and Obi Toppin. We're also thrilled to be joined by one of the key members of those 90s Knicks teams that we always talk about, the Oakman, Charles Oakley. He'll join us. All that, plus a little Sal story for you. That's coming up next on the Knicks are so hot right now edition of Big Apple Buckets from the New York Post. Welcome back to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Sal Licata, alongside my co-host, former Knicks and NBA big man, Jerome, the junkyard dog, Williams. What's up, JYD? Subscribe. Now, let's get it. I'm ready. Let's subscribe to Big Apple Buckets wherever you get your podcast. But please rate us five stars and write a nice review. And listen, I know you're listening to this thinking, man, I love Sal and JYD and Jake and Alex, but you're not writing or rating a review or rating the podcast. Just do it. It takes two seconds, please. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the continued support. We got some buzz last week after our interview with Emmanuel quickly went viral as he spoke about keeping receipts from the D plus rating. CBS Sports gave him and any other haters that uh, he has in an album on his phone. Good to know that Emmanuel keeps those receipts. Well, this week, we take it back to the 90s, Knicks. We all know and love and look after JYD told us a, a couple of incredible stories uh, inside the doghouse about Charles Oakley in honor of episode 34. We said, why not try to get Oak on the show? So we are, in fact, joined a little bit later in the show today by the great Charles Oakley. JYD, we'll get to Oak in a little bit and some other fun stuff, but Man, how about this Knicks team this year? We joked earlier in the year what their win total might be, saying, okay, we have somewhat limited expectations, but we want to see how they play under Tom Thibodeau. As we speak right now, the New York Knicks, and by the way, I was high on them. I thought they could win 30 games. I never thought that this was going to be the case. The New York Knicks, JYD, are fourth in the Eastern Conference. Now, I know it's tight. They're right there with the Heat and Celtics and Raptors and everybody else, but still, they're fourth. I mean, that is an incredible accomplishment uh, as we're about to reach the halfway point of the season headed to the All-Star break. Well, Sal, you know, I hate to tell you this. I hate to mention it, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it because I said that they were going to at least win 30 games, and I said we were going to Sizzler, right? I said we were going to get that steak and potatoes dinner, right? And there was some there were some people who didn't really trust in the dog pound. They didn't really have the faith, right? And I had to also mention that Julius Randle could have a breakout year. So I'm glad that two things. One, I'm going to get that steak and potatoes, number one. <laughs> number two, we got an all-star that wasn't predicted, but I said that he had the capabilities of doing it and taking us to the promised land. And number three, I wish I had mentioned quickly because he is quickly becoming one of the better players out here in New York City. So with that being said, I'm in a very good spot because these Knicks and Tom Tibbs are doing exactly what I thought in my mind could potentially happen if they bought into his system and he brings it every night. And now you can see that the Knicks are bringing it every night, win or lose, they're, they're still bringing it. 
So one of the things that we always talk about week in, week out is, is this sustainable? Now, there are a bunch of individual stories that are great to get to, and we could get to some of them. But as a team, do you believe, JYD, that this is sustainable? Their style of play is not is not fool's gold with shooting threes. They've had some injuries. Not like everything has gone perfectly for this group. And in all likelihood, they will add. I mean, you know, they're banged up. We, we know about Mitchell Robinson. Gibson is going to be out again tonight in their game against the Spurs. No Alfred Payton as well. But it's not like everything's gone perfectly with this team as far as injuries. We know they could still add. But forget that for a second. Is this sustainable for this team to remain one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference with the roster as currently constructed? Okay, well, let's let's be honest, right? When you look at the standings, there's like five teams within a half a game of each other game and a half to half a game that's not something to rest your hat on you know there could be a lot of flux but here's the thing they have proven that they're a top 18 and for the knicks that's huge because in the in the past we haven't been in there we haven't been in the playoffs let's take the good apples right now let's take the good apples and say we're a playoff team we'll see where we fit at the end of the season, but we have to be consistent in the method of the, to the madness, which is the Tibbs formula, the secret sauce, continue to battle hard, play hard, play through injuries, do all those things because every team is doing that, right? Every team is going to have their ups and downs throughout the season. Having said that, I believe that this team, they could possibly sustain that, that high spot in the playoffs or, you know, they could drop down. There isn't enough separation, I believe, right. between those those bottom four to eights. There isn't enough separation. There's everybody is right there. Now, could they leapfrog a couple by, you know, winning two or three more games in a row? Well, absolutely, because if you get, three more games of separation, you know, obviously you're going to stay in that four to five spot. Their schedule yeah. gets really difficult second half of the year, but I'll, I'll say this and forget about, you know, your, your point was a good one coming into the year. If you just said that this team was a playoff team, I think we'd all take that. And now I think we sit here on March 2nd and we say that this is a playoff team. I don't think there's any question whether it's the top 10, as far as getting in the play in or just, you know, being in the top six and being a playoff team without having to have that playoff playoff round to get in. But JYD, they have a chance to really continue to build some momentum taking on a Spurs team tonight that's coming off of a loss last night in overtime to the Brooklyn Nets so they're on a back-to-back -back, and the Knicks may be a little bit more fresh and then Detroit a team that the Knicks handled with ease on Sunday I, I know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here at worst you want to go one and one over these next two and go into the break a game over 500 but if they ever would get to 20 and 17 by winning these two games here I think the city would be forget about what the second half schedule says forget about who they're adding or the injuries, uh, this city would be going nuts for this Knicks team if they could close out on a high note winning two in a row here. And going into the break. So if that if that takes place, and they are, like you said, they are set up to accomplish just that, I think it'd be amazing. And number two, I think for Knicks fans, that would be throwing some gasoline on the flame. Literally throwing gasoline on the flame. That would bring a certain level of excitement. They get to watch the All-Star game and see one of their players in a New York Knicks jersey is tremendous. And then, not to mention, you got OB in the slam dunk contest. Okay, that's big. I don't care what because this kid actually has the potential to win it. If I can say one thing to Obi right now, Obi, this is serious business. I've been to take a take a poll on how many junkyard dog sightings throughout the history of the slam dunk contest that I've been through. So I'm going to give you the OG knowledge right now. Okay, your first dunk has to be your best dunk. That's the key. You have New York on your chest. You know we've seen the college highlights. 
come out and have your number one dunk go down with one try, and you're going to take the city of New York to the next level. That's, that's the dog pound right there. Get the attention <laughs> early. <laughs> Get the attention early. JYD, take me through that a little bit. You had teammates. You never participated, but you had teammates, I'm assuming, that did or took you when you went there. What's it like leading up to it? So Toppin right now is working with other guys trying to come up with ideas. What's the creative process for a slam dunk uh, contest competitor? So basically, you know, you 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 have, you have you know, whatever the rules are going to be, how many dunks, how many rounds, all that kind of stuff. You already know what what's kind of taking right. place. The, 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 the NBA has gotten kind of, uh, commercial with the dunk contest. They're throwing up different, you know, you have oh, to come in changed. with the, Oh yeah. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You have to have some sort of gimmick with it. That's okay. That's all, all fine and dandy. The key to the matter is that first dunk has to be very exciting and you have to get anybody who does it. You know, he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He, we haven't seen a lot of OB topping, you know, ESPN top 10 plays of the night plays of the week. So having said that, we need to we need him to really do what he does best the first time and have the number one dunk get everybody's attention to the point where they can't see they can't wait to see his next dunk. Is he but is he doing this? Is he working on this throughout the course, like after practice, before practice? When do guys start working on this stuff? Yeah, you work on your dunk contest after practice. I remember uh when I was playing with the Pistons and and Jerry Stackhouse after practice, you know, because before practice he got his shots up. So after practice, he start working on a few dunks. And I saw him. I, I mean, shout out to Jerry Stackhouse, but I knew he wasn't gonna win. Come on. <laughs> Like I knew he wasn't going to win it. And, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was Tracy McGrady, Steve Francis and, and Vince Carter. You telling him like stack, come on, bro. That's not going to I was like stack. Just go ahead and just get him out the way, man. Just get him out the way and just go ahead and have a seat because it's, it's about to be, you know, popcorn and butter time when these guys get up there. And it was, a, it was a show. You're right. You're right, though, from a fan's perspective, right? If you take the first half and who knows what's going to happen these next two games here, no matter what, the Knicks have had a terrific first half, even if they somehow lost both these games. But hopefully they go in on a positive note. But the fans have this exciting first half to look forward to. They could dream about potentially what's coming next for this roster as they get ready for a second half that is going to include a playoff push one way or another. They're going to be involved in a playoff spot. But you take a nice little all star break and you get to watch your guys on the big stage at the break, whether it's Julius Randle at the All-Star game itself or Obi Toppin representing, as you said, with that New York across his chest, that is exciting. Even if, you know, even when things are going bad, but it's even more exciting when the team is playing well and you have some exciting players with Randle and Obi Toppin representing your franchise on a big stage. It's it's really exciting. That, I mean, that's that's what uh, the midpoint of the season kind of puts fans in that spot of does my team have a chance or are we looking forward to the lottery in the draft? <laughs> You're basically saying, hey, either I want to win or I want to have my team lose. So who can we get out of the college draft? You start watching college basketball this year. The Knicks fans aren't watching college basketball. They're looking at the Knicks. They're paying attention to what's going on today, and they're going to be excited about seeing their team players in the game and around the weekend. And how refreshing is that, that we haven't heard about lottery picks or who's going to be the top player in college as it pertains to the Knicks? No, it's all about this team right now and about the culture that they've built and the groundwork that's being laid here by Tom Thibodeau. 
and these young players, you know, it's not just about the head coach. It's about these guys buying in and continuing to grow, whether it's quickly or OB Toppin or certainly RJ Barrett, who has been tremendous. I mean, outside the two, you can't miss those free throws. You got to knock down the free throws the other night. But nonetheless, the Knicks win the game. Derek Rose helping out, a veteran coming over. They've been terrific since he's come along. They're pounding teams that they should pound. They're winning these games. You know, we talk about it, JYD. Going into the year, you look at the calendar, you look at the schedule and say, man, I don't know if they can win this night. I don't know if they can win this game. And then all of a sudden, the expectations started to change. And you look at the matchups and you're thinking, well, they can win this game. They can win that game. They should win this game. They should win that game. Tonight, tough challenge in San Antonio, even though it is a back-to-back for the Spurs. I'd be surprised um, if the Knicks went out there and beat a Spurs team that's playing really solid basketball. But ultimately, you expect now this team to not only compete, but you expect them to win a lot of these games that they're playing. And because they're capable of doing just that. Back in the day, you know, you had to think about the Knicks playing a perfect game. Now the games don't have to be perfect. They just have to be solid and solid with a, a few good runs. And and then you have, you know, you got closers. You got people like Derrick Rose. You got Julius Randle, who, who has been solid. R.J. Barrett, who's only getting better. So I think these things are definitely voting well for, for Nick fans. I think it's, you know, voting well for the city as well. Give us a little prediction here, JYD. I'm going to go one and one. I don't know what Randall's going to have in the All-Star game, but it's just going to be fun to see him play. And I do think I'm with you. I think Obi has a legit chance. He's the perfect type guy, right? New York. He's got the dunking pedigree. You know, they favor maybe a big market uh, and people are going to be starved for some Knicks representation there. I think Obi's going to win the dunk contest. So, And I don't even know who's in it or how the rules are working this year. Who knows? Knicks will go one and one over these final two games, get themselves to 19 and 18 heading into the break, and Obi Toppin wins the dunk contest. What do you think is going to happen in these next couple games? Well, due to COVID, I know they're all dunking with masks on. So. During, during the event? They're, no, I'm just playing. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> You may, maybe it. somebody's going to tie some of that in. Who knows? Right. And get creative with some of that. But. Right. Get creative. Get creative. I'm going to go because you went one and one. I'm going to go ahead and just say we're going to win both games. We're going to end up 2017. Love it. 2017. Going and listen, if the Knicks are 20 and 17, we're 10 wins from stake. I mean, who would have thought with the whole second half of the season? Mm. And guys, I got to say, like, it is officially Turn up the volume in the fourth quarter of games at the Garden season on your television because you can hear the defense chants. Even with 2,000 fans, it's been exciting. Like, they're pretty loud. I don't know if they're piping in noise, but you could hear it. I know, Sal, we've talked about going. The Knicks. Yeah, can after- we get there or what? Yeah, I mean, after Thursday, they won't be home again till March 18th against the Magic, then Sixers, Wizards. They'll have four straight uh, home games after opening the second half schedule, by the way, just came out like a week ago. It took a while. Um, they'll have four in the road and then four at home after the break. So if not on Thursday, one of those games after the break, but man, it is loud at the garden and I want them to hopefully safely start increasing this capacity. Although I'll tell you this, Sal, we talked about this. Uh, Alex who's here has let me know that they're only serving hot dogs. They're not serving Alex. You can pop in here. They're not serving any food besides hot dogs? It's hot dogs and pretzels, Jake. You're going to have to oh live with it. The God. famous popcorn is no more over there right now until things Why? get a little bit better. It's it's more of a sharing thing. They don't want the food to be shared. Popcorn is sort of a sharing item, and it's more you buy the hot dog, it's yours. You don't really share a hot dog, although I don't oh. know what people do. But but that is preposterous. You and, like, one other person, and you all just had came in with a negative COVID test. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> 
They don't want the butter mixed in, Jake. Then what's the reason for not giving me pastrami? Is that because your hands are touching the sandwich? Give me a it's break. It's grease in the butter, baby. That's what they don't want. Oh. They got to keep the, the, the counts low. And I got to give a shout out to Greg Heimowitz because he called me from the game, FaceTime me while the Knicks were warming up to let me know he was listening to the Big Apple Bucket Show and heard him get a shout out from the dog pound. So my seat at the garden, Jake, Sal, Alex is in play. Well, does well, he get we two going? more? We, yeah. got, we got four of us. I mean, yep. when are we going? And by the way, I don't know if I want to go now if I can't get chicken fingers. I mean, the chicken fingers and fries is my staple. So JYD, hook us up with the seats and see if we can get some chicken fingers and fries and I'm in. Come on, come on. Shout out to Greg Heimowitz. He's got our seats. He's got our seats. Let's Listen, go. Hot dogs and pretzels are great, but expand them. Like, man, let's hope the capacity expands and the menu expands. I mean, it's preposterous, but I had to say it, it's good to hear the fans loud. And I got, I'm sure you guys all saw the video outside pandemonium outside of Madison Square Garden after they beat the Pacers Saturday. People were running around like a ticker tape parade. That's a little much for me. I mean, they should. This still is a proud franchise. I understand it's been rough the last several years. I, I get that. But it is, come on, it's early on in the season here. Make the playoffs, maybe you want to celebrate like that. And even that shouldn't be, it, it should be expected for the Knicks. But because it hasn't happened in so long, or I'll give you a pass. They're not even, I mean, we're, Sal, we're barely having, uh, JYD, come on. Give them a pass, brother. It's been a long time. These people are ready to come out and party in the street. Not to <laughs> mention COVID got it down. We are, we've been that locked in. These people are excited just to be outside. Forget come the on, Knicks. Sal. Yeah, like you could go. Could be, I mean, I had to wear a mask while bowling last night. I was <laughs> I was on a date bowling, and I'm, I could barely breathe while throwing strikes left and right. And by strikes, hey, I was hey, like four. Were you out with the uh, the the the, the J- JYD jersey chick. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. come on. We need I was going to say, was your date wearing the JYD jersey or oh, what? What's going on we here? We have to get one customized. You'll have to sign it. How'd <laughs> you meet this one? How'd you meet this one, producer Jake? Bumble or this what? This is a Bumble, yeah. A good oh, one. I'll tell you guys, guy, stay JYD. off a of Bumble. Man, listen, all y'all Bumblebees out there, go to a church. <laughs> get yourself in a good church. Get the Lord around your woman. That's what's going to really make it go home. Let's go. This was a second date, so two dates in going well. Whoa! So, uh, you may have, we may have to Man. get a fifth ticket, or Alex or somebody's got to be replaced yeah, for can, this Nick Can Heimowitz just get us a suite? Like, can we get a par- <laughs> party of 12 and a suite? Hot dogs for everyone. <laughs> uh, that is tremendous. Well, we're looking forward to the second half, no question. we got two games to go. Nick's taking on the Spurs tonight, as we mentioned, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And then, of course, Thursday in the game that was kind of pulled from the second half schedule to make up for the one game that the Knicks had um, postponed. They'll take on the Pistons Thursday night at Madison Square Garden, then heading to the All-Star break, and we'll be watching Julius Randle and, of course, Obi Toppin in the slam dunk contest. Coming up next, in honor of Charles Oakley joining us in just a few minutes, we'll give you a little Sal story on Big Apple Buckets. All right, in honor of Charles Oakley coming on the show in just a few minutes, we did Inside the Doghouse last week. Let's go to Sal's story. Sal, you always talk about watching the 90s Knicks. What do you got in Oak-themed Sal's story this week? A couple of Oak stories for you. Um, The first one, the first time I ever met Oakley. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this. JYD, you definitely remember this as a player. Um, But fans used to wait outside the garden parking lot. Right. So where you guys would drive up, there would be that big garage door open and you could see some of the players 
walking from their cars to the arena or underneath, however it was. Right. And even afterward, I remember one time running into Starks afterward. He's like, leave me alone. I'm driving away. And Oakley, I saw, I don't remember if it was after the game or before the game, but I went up to him and there were several people around and I went to shake his hand and he would not shake my hand. Now, he was very nice. He wasn't rude or anything like that, but it was one of those things where I don't know if it was um, a superstition or something like that, but he, he said, no, I don't shake hands. Are you yeah. familiar? He with knew it? about coronavirus back then. <laughs> that was the COVID code. Don't shake people's hands without washing and then knowing you're not going to get ready to go to a bathroom to wash your hands. I always just thought that was such an odd thing. But then I remember, I don't know if I talked to him about it, Oak specifically years later, or Frank Isola, and they would say, like, yeah, he was very protective of his hands and would not shake hands or anything like that. The other quick story, in um, a tribute to Oakley, you know, since the unfortunate incident happened with the Garden, I the only time I've been back to the garden since was for Jingle Ball, and I wore my Charles Oakley number 34 jersey to make sure that I got that 34 in the building. So those are my two things with Oakley specifically. The no handshake outside when I met him in the parking lot and wearing my 34 jersey to the garden representing Oakley at uh, at Jingle Ball. I like how you just slowly, J.Y.D., he's like, yeah, a Jingle Ball. Like, you're watching Taylor <laughs> Swift and Justin Bieber. I mean, Sal, what, what were you, I mean, I've been at Jingle Ball. What were you doing there? I hope you got well, free Jingle tickets. Ball. That's what exactly that? what I was doing, watching Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift. What do you think I was you doing? You, you're not going to Knicks or Rangers game? But you're going to Jingle Ball? What do you see? Mary Poppins next? What's going I, on? No, I put a self-imposed ban that I wasn't going to go to the garden until they re- tied up uh, or repaired the relationship with my man Oak. But then I had tickets to Jingle Ball. My friend's like, dude, you got to go. And I was like, I love Oak, but it is Jingle Ball. And it is Jingle I, Ball. I, hey, look, and I got to give a shout out to Taylor Swift because she did wear a Junkyard Dog number 13 jersey in the garden when I was playing, actually a year after. So shout out to Taylor Swift. Wow, She's in the dog pound. Look at that. So oh, there you go. Ball, baby. Jingle ball. All right. So we got we got Bumble Girl and Taylor Swift rocking Jerome Williams Knicks jerseys. What that's a world right. we're living in. Amazing. Hey, that's serious business, man. That's serious business. She won the top recording artist all time. Taylor Swift. Let's go. It is an honor and pleasure to be joined by one of my all-time favorites, Nick Great, NBA terrific player and enforcer. He's got a ton of stuff we could get to. JYD, your former teammate, you talked about him a week ago on our podcast, Charles Oakley. Oh, oh what's happening, man? What we what's cooking up, tonight? Guys? What's in the kitchen? What's going on? It's a pleasure, JYD, you called me. I know we tried to do this once before, but I'm here live and direct, baby. Let's get to it. That's it. That's it, man. What? Uh, look. I need to know what's on my plate for the night, though. Oh, what man, you want in the kitchen, man? Well, you know, uh, you know, I can do. I got a lot of talent in the kitchen, but today I'm just doing some oxtail, some cabbage, macaroni and cheese, and mm. some cornbread. You know, and then at the end, I'm gonna make a little bread pudding or something. Just top it off. Just to top it off, man. That, look, <laughs> one of the, the the unknown best chef in the NBA cracking a pot, and I mean, just making it. I, I need a FedEx. 
Amazon, somebody got to send me that 24 Oh, yeah, we're going to Amazon. We, hey, we're going to Amazon because we're going to do it in one day. I'm going to get it to you. All right, all right. That's what's happening. That's you know what's, what's weird? JYD, all my years watching Oak, you know, rebound and elbow people and defend and knock down those jumpers, I would never think that Charles Oakley is such a great chef. And you mentioned it last week. And Oak, you're going to have your uh, a cooking show here coming out on Discovery Channel later this month. You got some other stuff going on with that. This is a, a passion for you, and you're now taking it to another level. Yeah. I've been doing it from the heart. So I've been doing a, a lot of charity, different events. I did Skip Roll. I did uh, 3,500 meals in four different cities right before the pandemic. And I lent my name out to like 15 different charities. They auctioned me off. Then whoever buy the auction, you know, 10 to 20,000, whatever, uh, they can they can have the 50, 50 to 60 people come over and make the meal. I make the whole meal and I make the whole dessert for the whole thing. So I've been doing this. It ain't nothing new. Jay, why I can tell you I was doing it in Toronto. Bite all the guys at my mother's house. Or I, I always bring something to the locker room before we take it off on the plane. Just just showing love to the players, man. I really appreciate playing with them and the hard work they put in every day on the court and off the court. Man, hey, hey, oh, they don't know nothing about the comfort food, man. After a hard day's work, if you get some comfort food in your belly, it just it just makes the team gel that much more. Yeah, Especially, yeah. you know, speaking of, you know, what you used to do on the court as far as being the enforcer, to get that hot meal afterwards, you know, just just made the love just go around even that much greater. So that was that was that was that was great, man. Well, the number one thing was, you know, you know, we had some good practice and we used to fly to Toronto. We got to go to Tussman. We got to do all this. My thing is, I want to make sure the guys on the way to the plane have some, you know, have to stop off somewhere, have a sandwich or something. I just did a small thing, a meatloaf sandwich, a turkey sandwich, a tuna sandwich. I mean, just that's how you bring guys together, man. You know how we did. We always did stuff. The player had somewhere out of town, out the country, you know, wherever you went to D.C. or Cleveland or somewhere else. We always say, the players come first, friends come second. So that's yeah, love. Right. You had everybody, Oak, even Starks was at that table. How was uh, how was it with those 90s, Nicks? You guys used to bond back oh, yeah. then even? Oh, yeah. My thing, if you're on my team, if I go to Cleveland, you got to go to Miss Oakley House. If you don't go to Miss Oakley House, you got to see me. That's it. So That's the truth. Jordan went, Jordan went, Ewan went, Vince went, Junker. I mean, everybody always went. So they, they knew what it was. My thing is, you get a lot of guys in this league, say they leaders. You don't just leave on the court. You leave when, when players need passion, when players – Something wrong, not just with him or somebody be family. We always asking, is your family okay? Can we help out? I mean, I did a lot of stuff people would never expect because Oakland's a big and bad guy on the court. But no, I love my teammates. I would go to war no matter if you're on my team, I'm going to war. Unless you did something awful wrong that don't make sense, now nah, you got to do it with, do it with yourself. If it makes sense to me, you can, hey, you can, I'm like your back pocket. You can put me in both of them. Hey, you remember when we landed in DC? We took the entire team bus over to the JYD mom's crib for that for that comfort food. That's what we did, though. We we always respect one of our teammates, and when you tell you having something, doing something, that's a priority. That I know a lot of guys that well, you know, I gotta go here, I gotta go there now. Your team come first. You know your family. You you gonna be with your family. But if your teammates do something. That, it's about you travel with your team. You practice with your team. You breathe with your team. We you know your family's love. So you can always get back to your family, and you're in the same. But show your players that hey, I understand. You know everybody can't start, but everybody play their role. So it's a role. Always a role with me in life. When guys always doing what they're supposed to do, and that's why I'm saying being a leader. Like the guy, never think what I did. I always try to make sure my teammate was right. I know. Some guys get cut. Some guys go through stuff. But still, 
you always check on somebody who you went to war with because you never know who you need in life. And I think that's one of the things that we as Nick fans in the 90s loved about you and those teams was that you can tell that you guys cared about one another, that you played as a team, that there were roles. And Oak, not to compare this year's Knicks to those 90s teams because I hold those 90s teams in such great regard for everything you guys gave, but you can see under Thibodeau now – a, a real team. They're playing hard. They're playing for each other. They're playing defense. They play passionately at both ends of the floor. Do you see that camaraderie? Do you see some nice team chemistry for the first time in forever with this uh, 2021 Knicks team? It's all with the coach. And I know when Rose maybe was picking coaches, I always said, you know, Thibodeau is a great coach, but these guys are different. But my thing with Thibodeau, you know what? He's going to coach the way that basketball needs to be coached. He's going to try to make a system, try to get the guys engaged, and just tell them, hey, this is how you got to play. This, If you want to be on the court, you got to do these things. And Thibodeau will tighten that lineup. If you ain't going to do what he asked to do on a regular basis, he's going to tighten that lineup from, from 10, 9, 8 guys. But my thing is, you got to have that chemistry. And he had brought some chemistry to New York for his holding guys accountable. I mean, come out and play. Just don't go through the motion. You know, you watch a lot of basketball. Now, it's just hard to watch. Guys don't seem like they practice together. They don't seem like they understand one another game. And you got to have a flow. And, and I, I see that they're building it. You know, they draft R.J. RJ Barrett last year. Then they got Brian Julian Randall last year. Then they got another rookie. They went and got the old, old school, Derrick Rose, who's been there. Still can get to the rim anytime he wants to put him in pick and roll. Teams do not know how to guard the pick and roll. So pick a good pick and roll and a good guard can break someone down. That opens up the offense. You can drive and kick, pick and pop. And that's what Greg Rose, I mean, that's might be the best thing they did besides signing uh, Julius Randle. I remember last year, I said they didn't have an all-star. Now they got an all-star. Congratulations to Julius Randle because he's playing great. I know that, you know, they 500, but still, game over or 500, you're sure improvement from last year. They got to keep it up. and get, They got to just keep playing strong and playing hard together. Being the enforcer throughout your career, you know, you look at a Julius Randle and I see you know, signs of Oak and uh, signs of, of some of the, you know, greats that, that actually do a lot of offensive talent as well. So I'm just saying, like, what 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 would you say to a guy like Julius Randle in terms of leadership on a team like like today? I mean, all I have to say, hey, you showed them. They, they gave you a deal. Last year you came and you played well. This year you're playing better. Now, leadership is you got to be consistent in what you do. You got to just keep playing hard. You made an all-star team. Don't look, don't slack up now. Keep going forward. You'll be a free agent. Um, some restriction with your contract next year. Show them you can be a, a top 10, top 15 player in this league. I mean, just do what you do. I mean, you're an all-star team, so you're doing something good. They ain't just putting you on there because you're Julian Randall. They're putting you on there because the coach, the guys around you, all of them got to play a part in you being an all-star team because, hey, if you wasn't winning, I don't think you would be an all-star team. That's how they working with the all-stars. So I'm just glad that they making it. they making a turn. Thibodeau is coming there. He can hold them accountable. That's the key. This new generation, you got to hold them accountable. I mean, all of them want to just dribble and shoot, but it's more to the game. Knowledge is still – you still got to have knowledge if you want to be a great player. And you got to show your coach that you can understand situation. And some guys, you say, why is this guy playing? He's playing because he can do little things. I know I hear a lot of Knicks crying about certain guys playing at certain times, but the coach see what he do in practice, and then coach watch the film. So you know who do the little things. Sometimes you need a guy on the court can do the little things. I ain't always a guy who gets 25 points, but he helps bring everything together. When you're making a cake, a pie, or something, 
I know everybody, oh, that apple pie is good. It's more apples than apple pie. You got to put the cinnamon, the butter, a little, a little salt, a little lemon. And so people always know that when the, when the project is finished, not what, when it started off, what, how much work go into it to make it better. Mm, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, maybe it may be a player you're referencing, Oak, and Nick fans complain about Alfred Payton, but he's one of those guys that I compare him. I, I think he would have fit on those 90s Knicks teams. Yeah, he may not score 25, but he plays defense. He plays hard. He can attack the rim. So it's not it's not just the coach, Thibs, putting the system in place, but it's getting the right guys who actually play passionate basketball, respect the possessions, and play hard defensively. That is something that's lost in today's game. That just doesn't happen enough which is why I enjoy watching this Knicks team, even though they're not the most talented group out there. Well, I ain't going to say they're not talented because who have talent besides uh, a lot of teams with three superstars? Okay, yeah, you talent, but what about the other nine players? Twelve, It takes 12 guys to roster, 15, whatever they got now. When they talk about pay, I mean, you need guys to play role. I mean, you, it's only five guys can play. Everybody can't be a scorer. So if you got Derek Rose, you got to shoot beside him. If you got uh, a bad, uh, a random, you need a, a, another guy who can do the garbage work. And, you know, that's what Noel doing, um, Robinson. I think they're playing a great job. I mean, that's the key, too. You got the big guys, they ain't scoring a lot, but they've they been checking the rim. And that's what New York ain't had in a while. Yeah, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot um, in terms of holding up that end. Shout out to Nerlens Noel and my man Robinson holding down the paint because that's, that's what playoff basketball is all about. You got to have guys who are willing to get in there and get feisty. And we say, get into the dog pound, get into the dog house and get dirty. <laughs> Let's talk about you putting on them dancing shoes. How was it <laughs> at the last dance, oh, man. man? Come on now. Oh, man. I had to text Come you. On. I text you right after I saw you on the show. You know you had dog pound support, but you just t- take us behind the scenes. Was your partner, did she have any talent? Oh, man. Hey, first of all, it was great. You know, that was the second time they had called me. I turned them down about four years ago. So this time I said, you know what? It's a great time in life, you know, to make people happy, put a smile on their face. Because last time my mom seen me on TV, I was getting dragged out the garden. So now it's a different taste in the mouth. She seen me on TV. She said, well, you tried your best, but you can't dance. But I, it's okay coming from her. But no, it was just it was just great. Behind the scene was great. I know it's a, it's a pandemic, so we couldn't do so much as a group. But uh, it was, you know, practice five hours a day some days. But you never knew what time you were going to go to practice. Everybody was real, you know, cool, no, no attitude. I'm better than you, this and that. But just do your work, man. I had a ball. Emma, my partner, she was great because her and her husband, so when they're not on dance, when they start, they're touring around the world. So they they professional dancers. She knew her stuff. She made up the routine. My thing was don't fall and uh, finish the routine. So Facts. a minute routine, it seems like, oh, a minute ain't nothing, but that minute can be two minutes sometimes because you put, it's like putting pieces together, like doing a puzzle on the on the moves. Like you got to keep thinking like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? But no, nah, it was good though. It was a good experience. And like I said, I had a ball. I, hard, hard for 90s Knicks fan Sal to envision Charles Oakley a dancer, a chef. I mean, Oak, you were the enforcer down there banging, bo- throwing bows and everything, and now all of a sudden you got all this stuff going on. I mean, you're, you're a well-evolved person here. Well, you know, they say, you, you know, you work hard, you put your mind and effort to it. But my thing is, in life, everybody has two or three things they can do. It's just when you find your itch, you know. Everybody, you know, actor, singer, uh, ball players, a lot of them do broadcasters, a lot of them do other stuff. But my thing is, hey, I started cooking at a young age, dancing. I was just trying something. You know, my thing is, if you don't try, you never know. But when you're on ABC or uh, national uh, TV network like that and they call you, I know the first time I should have did it, but 
I did it. Hey, a lot of people say, hey, at least you put effort, you put a smile. I know a lot of people got a lot of laugh because it was like, I went 16. I told them I was away 18, trying to get a break to get some points, but they didn't give me no points. They judged me real hard. I, I mean, I like it, but they act like I was a dancer before I came to Dance with the Stars. A lot of people who, even though they wasn't dancing with the Stars on the team, but a lot of people would already in that type of field, like Nelly, uh, we had another, uh, one of the guys from the uh, NSYNC, you know. So th- these people already used to dance on a stage in front of 20,000, 30,000 people, uh, a show, three millions uh, a year, whatever. But for me dancing, uh, I, had a, I had a good time, though. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Oh, couple for you on the 90s Knicks. Um, number one, I-, I was disappointed to see, and we know what happened with the garden and all that stuff, but then the trickle-down effect – where you kind of got into it a little bit with Ewing, which really broke my heart as a 90s Knicks fan to see you guys not maybe being on the same page. And then I know Ewing had the scare with coronavirus, and then you kind of reached out and publicly at least said, you know, with teammates and I love you, brother, and all that. What's your relationship right now with Patrick? Well, basically, I mean, my relationship is my relationship. It's just the true life and facts about different things. I mean, if you know, he's not a LeBron James. He's not a Kawhi Leonard. He's not a Michael Jordan. There's nothing bad about it. I went to war with him. So, I mean, hey, we did what we could do. We fought it to the end. Conversation with people, I mean, I mean he's, he's a guy that we play together. And, and, you know, you play. I played with him for 10 years. So, I think I know a lot more than these people who watch the game. I know – they ain't been in the locker room with us. They ain't been in, you know, practice with us. They ain't been in a situation with us. So a lot of stuff they don't know. They just go by what they see. It's cool and dandy, but don't don't be mad at me because I just said he's not a guy who can carry nobody on the back. He's a guy who can be part of the uh, like making the pie. He can be he can be the cinnamon. He's not better than he's the apple, but he needs everything else. So what I said was I think it was it was it was it wasn't like throwing him on the butt. It's just real. I'm always gonna be real. So if you can't take what you ask me, just don't ask me. But I'm gonna keep it like that. I'm one thousand. So. If he mad, I mean, I should be mad at him because what happened in the garden? He didn't speak up to three years later. I should be mad. He shouldn't be mad. I had his back for 10 years. The Enforcers has got a new book coming out, and I want to hear about that. Yeah, this book is, I'm telling you. If you ain't got a seatbelt on, you better go buy one and put it on because this book going to be just like, it's going to be just like You're going to get it's into the be, dirty with the book. I know, I well, know. The, 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 the book going to be what I always talk about. One thing about me, I've been the same since I came in this league, 85, and I'm still the same. So the book will just be me. You're going to see me all in this book. So when you start reading and, and see the stories I'm telling, I mean, it gonna be so hot. You might have to put it on a. You might have to put it on a something and hold it. Cause I'm telling you, you gonna be laughing. There's a lot of joy, a lot of pain, a lot of things happened to me when I was growing up. I I got stopped by the police three or four times. They rolled me around in the car four or five hours, and you know I was 16 years old, didn't know what to do, and. You know, it's a lot of, you know, in New York, I was coming down uh, in the Bronx one night. I dropped Chuck Chill out. out. The police come up the, up the other way, and they tell me, you got to come. And the white BMW, they said it was a drive-by. They made me get butt naked in the middle of the street. What about, hey, hey, is, Oak, oh, are you going to put the night that JYD was the, was a starting forward for the Raptors after you went out and had a, a confrontation against a Philadelphia 76er player? I'm not going to mention his name. You can if you want to. I know the story. Is that story in right. the I'm definitely putting that there. I guess your proof. It'll be in there. We'll <laughs> talk about it. We'll definitely put that in there. No, that was, yeah, that was crazy with Philadelphia, though. We, hey, we should have beat their butt, too, while we That's playing. Right. We, we, we should have went to the finals that year. But, you know, things happen. But uh, the, the book going to be it's going to be right. Steve's going to be real enjoy because, you know, hey, when they say Oak speak, you got to listen. Hey, guys, he's also entered our land of podcasting, Oak. You're doing the three-league OGs podcast, too. Yeah. 
So uh, Muggsy called me, Earl called me, man, let's go and put some out here. Let's be some out here real. The people, you know, when you watch basketball, let's talk about the game real. And um, that's what we try to do. We try to bring a different avenue to the podcast that you don't see on TV. And, and I've been thinking about this for, you know, like last five or six years. So I see a lot of guys who commentate. I mean, I know they can't say certain things that they're on the air, but it's it's just certain things. It's other thing they should say on the air because if I'm watching this, somebody who's trying to learn the game, they don't teach you like they used to back in the day because they used to tell those guys the stripper weakness or this guy. You know, now every now and then they might say, oh, that's a bad shot. But 60% of their shots are bad. So when they say it's a bad shot, it's supposed to be an air ball or this and that. You know, but you see so many air balls. From the, you know, just I've never seen so many air balls in basketball. Yeah, I mean, a lot of bad know. shots. I mean, guys shooting from oh, all over the man. place. I mean, it's, it's oh, crazy. Man. Guys, that would be like, if star. If you, I mean, if you guys did that back in your day, you'd be ripped off the court from oh, Riley. No, they're going to take you out the game. But yeah, now right. it's not just. It's, it's not. They will take you out the game, and then if you couldn't make free throws, you wouldn't be in the game last two minutes, three minutes game. You hurt the team because they're going to foul you and foul you, and then you can't have nobody going two for ten in the last three minutes of a game. And said, well, how we lost, we lost by three points, but one guy missed 10 free throws. They don't look at that no more. I was watching college the other day. Two, uh, I, just, I, I think Duke and then North Carolina, these guys cannot, these guards, they can't make free throws. It's amazing. How about the, the 90s? I mean, there's so many close opportunities you mentioned before, you know, maybe missed opportunities, whether it's 94, 92, 93, uh, even later the year where, you know, everybody got suspended. I asked Starks this question. I'd be curious what your answer is too. which season you look back on and say that was the year we should have won the title and we came up short. Uh, well, definitely 94 we should have won. I think the year that uh, Reggie hit the eight, nine points in eight seconds, uh, we could have won it that year. And the other year against the Bulls when he was up 2-0. So, I mean, you know, hey, we can say a lot of things. To other people probably can say, well, we could have beat y'all too. But it was heartbroken. I just, you know, we were just won one in our era, in our time in New York. It's hard to win too. I feel like, you know, we let New York down in a way. You know, I'm a big fan. You know, I don't mind saying, hey, because New York, they give you so much. They want to win. And then you see the Yankees and the Giants and doing a lot of stuff over the years. And, you know, so you try to sneak one in there. You know, it's hard to win. But if you can win one every 10 years or one every 15 years, that's a blessing to win a championship because it's tough. Yeah, hard to do. No, And that's what's – look, I mean, looking back, I know at the time people were disappointed because you never got over the hump and won the title and came so close in 94 and had other opportunities. But looking back at it, what followed – I mean, basically 20 years – of ineptitude after those 90s Knicks where you guys were in the playoffs every year, given everything you had, you in particular diving for loose balls left and right. And, and that's why I was so disappointed to see what happened, you know, in recent years at the Garden. But your number 34 will be worn by Knicks fans for years and has been because you gave everything you had, Oak. And we appreciate a few minutes. We appreciate everything you did on the floor for those Knicks teams. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, they went back in 98. Uh, that's half a season, and uh, they lost to San Antonio. I mean, I think that, like we was in Toronto, uh, like I think in New York, our problem was we didn't win the year we lost. We didn't. The next year, they said when you get there and then you lose it, you sort of add, add a piece of adjust from what happened the year before. But I think that uh, you know we always said we needed this. We never got nothing, you know, like a big free agent that could help us to get over the hump. And that was tough to, you know, salary cap, a different reason probably why. But, you know, hey, you know, I think that I tell Michael, I seen him two weeks ago in Florida, and I told him, like, he always talking about we play so rough and tough and this. And I said, that's part of the game. I mean, call what you see. Don't call what you think it might be. 
You know what I'm saying? So I, we got, I think we got, I told them, we got some bad whistles against the Bulls. You know, yeah, yeah, you was all world, but you know what? I mean, sometimes that ain't. You can be in trouble, you know, because you're all world. I mean, you're going to make every shot you take. So I think we I think we got some bad whistles sometimes, but that's what I, that's what the thing. When you're playing a champion, you got to knock them out. It's like boxing back in the old days. It's like, you keep it closed, the best team always wins. So you, we know these type of things. So we know, hey, we can say all this we want to say, but at the end of the day, it's always bad, bad down to who had a better player, Michael Jordan or uh, Patrick Ewing. So and I tell everybody this, who you better see on TV, Patrick Ewing or Michael Jordan? It's a business decision, too. Oak, I want to see you and Patrick Ewing together <laughs> embracing at the Garden soon. Can we get that? Yeah. I mean, my goodness, uh, that's what I, I – forget this Jordan talk and who's better. I want to see Ewing, Oakley, Starks together at the Garden when fans are allowed back in full capacity and, and so we could cheer you guys on and honor the anniversary of maybe the team that went to the finals or something. Can we see well, that one day soon? I, I, I was, the last time I was there, I had to buy my own tickets, so, and, and all that happened, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. Hey, irregardless, Oak, we're going to see it at Georgetown. How about that now? <laughs> Oh, that's cool. You can make I that mean, happen I mean, tomorrow. Hey, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Amazon, FedEx, DHL. I do travel, so I go and I, I travel by myself. So it's all good. You can catch me anywhere. You can follow him on Twitter at Charles Oakley 34, Instagram at the Real Oak 34. We mentioned the podcast, so you make sure you can check that out. Uh, he's got the book coming out soon, The Last Enforcer. That'll be a must-read. Discovery Channel cooking show. The podcast is called Three Leagues OGs Podcast. Oak, we appreciate the few minutes. Loved having you on. No doubt. Anytime. All right, y'all. Thanks, y'all. That does it for us for episode 35, the Spoon, Clarence Weatherspoon edition of Big Apple Buckets. Remember him? Thanks to Jake Brown and Alex Camarada for producing the show. Subscribe to Big Apple Buckets on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. Please, it does help. You can do that on Apple. For JYD, Jerome Williams, I'm Sal Licata. We'll chat with you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and let's go Knicks!